Vibe Machine Hi, and welcome to Undercovers. If you have listened to any of our other episodes, you know this series is talking to incredible people behind amazing album artwork. And this episode, I've been introduced to a creative director, Stephanie Zhu. What is the difference between a creative director and a designer? Well, as Stephanie will explain throughout our chat, her job is to oversee all the many aspects of the album design creation, from working with the artist and management to the artist creating the look and feel, working with the photographers, makeup, stylists, and so on. It's a big job, and Stephanie has graciously allowed me to include her in undercovers to give a different perspective. A big shout-out to the amazing Todd Russell for putting us both in touch. Stephanie has worked on and assisted in the creation of artwork for Blink-182, Kendrick Lamar, No Doubt, Imagine Dragons, Aloe Black, Selena Gomez, to name just a few. Stephanie and I begin chatting about how art creation used to work with the differences between then and now in the more digital age. And before I had a chance to ask her about her background, she offered it up. Vibe. Machine. It's it's a different it's so different now. Well, let me just give you a little bit of my background. So yes, yes. Um, I worked at Interscope when I was in college back in 2000. I was an intern, and uh, I just worked in the marketing department. I just was like, oh, working at a record label would be amazing. So <laughs> uh, I didn't know anything about it. It was back when there CDs like there was no downloading or anything mm. yet. And so it was all CDs. I would like literally just mail out CDs for the marketing department. <laughs> and they just make CDs and just to promote our artists. Um, but then when the creative department, um, they kind of had a shakeup in their uh, head of the department left. And the two girls who were kind of his coordinators kind of jointly uh, became, you know, the creative directors at Interscope and they were like, Oh, well, Stephanie, you know, she knows the building. And so I knew nothing about creative, like nothing. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, I'll take the job. So I just became their assistant and, you know, I kind of learned from there, like, cause back then also none of the photographers or designers or hair and makeup or styling, none of them had websites at the time. Mm. So it was all books. So it was physical books that we would mail and messenger, I, the amount of money we must have spent on messengers and FedEx <laughs> was insane. <laughs> I would send a messenger, pick them up from the agents, or sometimes they'd be in New York, so it was so hard. Everything took so long, too. We'd wait a day. Um, and then I would gather all of those, and then my bosses would have me, like, messenger them all to the artists, and they would look at the books, and, you know, they would choose from there who they wanted to use for, like, photography, hair, makeup, all that wow. stuff. So in that kind of process, like, before I would – like send out the books or when I'd get them back, I would always look at them all and be like, Ooh, this is like this photographer shoots like this and this hair and makeup person is good at this. And, you know, and that's kind of how I, I learned. You're learning um, on the job. I love it. Learning on the job. And it's something I think in that position, you can't really, you have to like, it just takes years to build like relationships. You can't really just like jump into it. You have to like know these people. You have to know these personalities. But anyways, once I, I kind of, uh, moved up and just kind of handled more of the post-production. So I handled all the retouching from there. And again, that was like a different like age. Everything was still shot on film and it was like barely shooting on digital yet because digital to shoot on digital is super expensive. Mm. So everything was 
film. And so we would, everything would take so long because you'd have to get contact sheets. You have to wait seven days for the photo lab to like um, process them and you get contact sheets. And we have, would have to make photocopies of the contact sheets and they had to be good quality. So we'd have to send it out to like a professional place. Like every step would take like days. So nowadays it was just like shoot, have the shots like same day. And like, I'm just thinking back then it was like two weeks. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> different, isn't it? It's so crazy now. It's different just to get the shots from the shoot. And then once we get, got those and got approvals and stuff, we would have to get prints made. So again, going to the photo lab and getting like prints made and then we would like physically like we would stick the prints into like a plastic sheet and just like mark on the plastic sheet like things we wanted to get retouched and then send it over to a retoucher. They would scan it in and then retouch it that way. There was barely FTPs back then and what is those zip drives? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's It's crazy. crazy. How much has changed? Not only the process, I think just in general, budgets are so so much smaller now, so much smaller. And, you know, a lot of artists kind of have to go on their own and the label's kind of like, okay, you can do your own shoot. And the artist kind of figures it out on their their own. And they have some like, you know, Yahoo friend who is a quote designer, who's not really a designer. Um, You know, most time it was not a great situation not a person who was very professional or you know there was yeah stuff they could turn things in in the right format stuff like that but once in a blue moon i would find someone that i'd want to use again for sure so so after i kind of went into the post-production side actually left interscope i was freelance uh, i was doing wardrobe styling for a while uh, for a few years and then a couple years later i think three years later they asked me to come back and that that's when I started working, like, on the shoots, commissioning the photo shoots, commissioning the art directors. And I was there for about eight years, and I left in 2016, again, to go on my own. But now I actually work at Fandango, which I don't know if you guys have there, but it's, like, a movie ticketing site. Yes, it's Fandango. Fandango is. I have yeah. bought tickets off Fandango for my oh, family yeah. in New York. There you go. <laughs> there you go. It's so different. It's like, I would say the music industry is like hyper speed (laughs) compared to any of the other places I worked with and for. So. Yeah. Um, And that's, it's one of the things that I've, I've found talking to everyone is that everyone, a lot of people talk about the, the Xerox days where you would literally use Xerox to do absolutely everything, you know, like, um, Michael Stipe from REM basically lived at a, at a, a Xerox house photocopying typography to put on the back cover of albums and, and making, making album covers using Xerox machines, yeah. you know, and just crazy amount of work that went in and then how it's changed to or evolved to where it is now. I went through a list of both your website and Discogs. I use yeah. Discogs.com. It's uh-huh. a bit like Wikipedia. It gets about 50% right and about 50% wrong. But I was really interested in No Doubt because I'm a huge No Doubt fan. Yeah. And I noticed you did you did the singles and then you've done a bunch of photos. Actually, kind of, yeah. So there are a little, it's funny, each artist is so different in the way they work. Like some <laughs> artists come with you know, they already have their designers, they already have their hair and makeup, and they already have their stylist. Some need 
complete help. Like I've got nothing. Help me. (laughs) Um, No doubt is one that actually um, they kind of come with everything. Actually their designer, um, her name's Jolie Clemens. She was with their, she's been with um, Gwen and no doubt for ages since, I don't know, I think 15 years almost that she's been working on that stuff. And she, has been really lucky to do a lot of the Harajuku stuff, lover stuff, um, mm. you know, and fashion line stuff. Um, so she's been really instrumental in a lot of the Gwen, you know, branded stuff. So luckily with, with no doubt, they kind they really come with an idea. It's really Jolie brings so much to the table. Gwen's had her glam team that she uses that she's been using for like forever. Her hair person mm. has been with her since beginning. So in my role for that is really just negotiating everything, um, making sure the contracts are in place, making sure the timelines and everything's um everything's kept up to date and done properly. I did oversee I do oversee all the retouching. Um sometimes for a few of them they come with some photographer suggestions sometimes. They don't always work out due to time or budget mm. or the contracts that labels make you sign are pretty much, they want all the rights to it. So a lot of the higher end photographers don't want to give up their rights. So I don't want to, I personally, when I'm negotiating with a photographer, I tell them that straight up in the beginning, because I don't want to get everyone excited about using this photographer. And then I send them the contract and say, Hey, by the way, it's buyout. And (laughs) then, then we're at ends and we can't figure out what to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I'd have a lot of that with the high, really high end photographers would be a little bit like a little bit more on the negotiation side with like the terms and the rights and all that. So that was one thing to consider and definitely needed to get someone within budget. So that was kind of more of my role on the no doubt stuff was more of the project management and making sure it's all done. Um, whereas other projects, I do get to be a little bit more creative and say, you know, this is the stylist you should use. This is the photographer you should use. Um, and this is the designer you should use. Um, and of course I suggest them, but ultimately it's the artist's decision who they want to use. Well, that's, you know, that's what you want to hear because you get some artists who, you know, some of the artists that I've spoken to in this series have mentioned, you know, musicians, some of them, they're really great at the music side, but they're just no good. And at visuals, they just have no idea. So they will just yeah. say, look, we don't know what, it's sort of what you were saying, Stephanie. It's like, we don't know what we want, but here's 10 words that may, that may match what we're after. Yeah, you go yeah. ahead and figure it out. <laughs> and it's funny, like some artists, like well, most people in general, and I don't even want to say this about music artists. It's like everyone in general cannot articulate what they want creatively. Yes. And it's totally understandable. I like, I don't blame them at all. But some artists, you know, can give you a better um, gauge. Like some artists would make Pinterest pages for me and be like, oh, these are the things I like. And some artists would send JPEGs through. But like the funny thing is some of the JPEGs, they would be all over the place. And you're like, okay, these don't aren't in the same vibe at all. <laughs> um, so you, you kind of have to hone it in. A lot to do with also who we hire for these things is personality as well. Like, both on the photography side um, and a stylist, all of it really. Um, Cause I've, I've had a stylist make the artist cry once um, on set. And that's clearly, I never used her again after that, but yeah, so there's been some like, you know, shy artists and you don't want to get a photographer that's like too mm. pushy or crazy that'll freak them out. 
And, you know, on the design side, since it's such a, it's kind of such a crazy process, mm. you really need someone that can be creative, but also be able to deal with like me calling them and be like, Hey, I need something right now. Can you do it? Can you drop everything? Yeah. On the design side, I think someone who can, who's done it before and has thick skin and like really just loves music. So and is yeah. into it. You know? and, and that's one so. of the things that I've found about all these artists is even the ones that have moved away from music, they still love yeah. the music. They still have a passion for it. Yeah. And it's, it's usually, it's usually just there's, there's no money in it anymore and they've, they've had to go and find other careers. Yeah. That's really, that's kind of my, yeah. <laughs> that's my yeah. thing too. You know, there's no money in it anymore. Yeah, so it's just hard. It's, um, it's hard and like there's so much content yeah. needed now and like, yeah. Less than a quarter of the, but what the budgets used to be. And they need like five times as much content, you know, at the end of the day, it's almost not worth your time because you're spending so much time on it and it ends up to be like, you know, peanuts. And then unfortunately, and I'm talking about like the smaller artists with the smaller yeah. budgets, yeah. you know, um, you do it for the, you do it if you're passionate about it, but sometimes, but you also got to live. Oh, exactly. So. And that's what it's, that's you know. what it's all about. And I mean, I'm actually fascinated by that aspect, what you're talking about with, with no doubt. So, um, oh. what about Blink 182? Yeah. <laughs> Blink, was that a time when they were like kind of about to yeah, split up? Was- and I just kind of That got, was one of my questions. Yeah, I got a super... Because, because they were basically... Yeah. They recorded the album really, separately in separate studios. They didn't even talk to each other, like, emailing, like, here's my part. It was really weird, because, like, I... So, just so you know, I was a huge Blink-182 mm. fan in mm. college. Like, huge. But when I got to work with them, I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. But it was a little bit weird, because they had separate managers at yes. the time, and so it was weird that we would have to talk to both to get information about to about you know Mark and Travis and then one about mm. Tom. And so and they weren't like agreeing on stuff. They didn't agree on the photographer. Like somebody wanted to use some person, somebody wanted to use someone else. And it was like up until the day before the shoot. Okay, finally we decided on the photographer like a week before, but they couldn't figure out where to shoot. So we were like, okay, that's, it's, it's hard because at a photo shoot, we try to get like everything we need for album packaging and everything yes. for press. So everything that will kind of last the whole album yeah. cycle. Um, and it's a little bit different now. I mean, yes, we try to get all that, but nowadays we would also send photographers to like video sets to get more content, mm. um, to take more photos there. They're dressed differently, all made up, you know, so. And now people need consume content so quickly. It's like you can't always be wearing the same thing yeah, anymore. Yeah, <laughs> so in general, we would try to go for like six out five to six different kind of outfit changes, background changes, whatever. So like without knowing the location, we're like, okay, what do we do? <laughs> you know, because we didn't know where we were going to shoot. One person wanted like the valley and one person wanted like Orange County. And it was like okay, what is a photographer? Like, how does he know what equipment yeah. to bring and what lights to bring and what if he needs to bring backdrops? It was kind of like a weird situation. And I got there. So we decided on like their, I think it was like their rehearsal space. Like it was in Orange County, which was like halfway in between where they met. And it was just a little bit of a weird vibe. It felt like divided. Mm. 
for me, but they all like the other and took the photos. Travis and uh, Mark would go talk and then kind of Tom would go to the other side and just kind of sit and like read or whatever. And it was just kind of a weird vibe. They all got together, took the pictures. It was great. Travis is very, like, he's very, um, connected to like kind of the art world mm. and like, um, you know, people do, like tattoos and whatever and all these like cool artists. So he had his friend, um, do the cover art. It was just a little bit difficult because the sizing wasn't correct. So it was like, Oh my God, you've got to do like a little bit more on this top because it wasn't mm. square. It was actually a super long horizontal thing. I had to, well, we had to get production involved and kind of had to get them to, to be able to print differently than a booklet where it folded out to a longer thing. So it was just a little bit frustrating in that <laughs> sense because like he was like, Oh, this friend who's like a famous artist, can't remember who did it at the moment, but, um, you know, it just felt a little mm. weird. We got everybody wanted to get it done and nobody was like mean or anything. It was all cool. And like professional, everyone was very professional. It just felt like, you know, something was yeah, off. And, and I, I don't think that's, so I think it talks to that division, you know, like, like they, they openly admit it and that's where they yeah. are now, like they're. And they were nothing but professional, I will say that. <laughs> um, and I was, I think on my end, I was probably, cause I was such a big fan in college that on my end, I was probably a little like, you know, (laughs) like a little, like that it would be just a amazing creative experience. I mean, we literally went to the rehearsal space and set up a white seamless and uh, Esteban Oriol shot those photos, those press photos. I think there's one photo of them in the package, but he shot those press photos and he's like an amazing LA street Mm. photographer. Um, Anytime there's like, you know, kind of a hip hop or LA street, you know, exhibit, he's always in it. And so Esteban shot these photos and I was like, we have such a great photographer and we're just shooting against white. And I'm like, it was just a little (laughs) underwhelming. Another one I was really interested in, and it's really cool that you got to work on it, was Kendrick Lamar, um, Good Kid, Mad City. So Kendrick, I helped on the first shoot. Uh, once that he kind of became super famous, he kind of like, you know, they were like, okay, we got this handled. We can handle it ourselves. <laughs> but I didn't know. I, the problem with like being so busy was that I, I didn't have, and it's a good thing and a bad thing. It's kind of like with Blink, like I was, I didn't need to get super close yeah. to the band. I would just do the photo shoot and art part and like leave. Whereas like the marketing team or whatever would really be, in with the band and get to know them, which is good and bad. But with Kendrick, it's like, you know, people in the building would be like, oh, yeah, he's a cool, great rapper. He's going to be big. But, you know, they kind of tell me about that, about everyone, that everyone's <laughs> going to be big. And I don't have the time always to, like, listen yeah. to everything or research everything. And it's unfortunate because when I go into any project, even now, um, working at other places and working with other people, I like to like, you know, you, you research before mm. you start mm. anything. You design anywhere. You talk to people, you research, and it's not as easy as people just say, oh, can we just design something real quick? Yeah. It's not yeah. like that. 
So um, I had no clue that Kendrick was going to be as huge <laughs> as he was or is. He was always super cool to work with, very respectful, like one of the only rappers that was ever on time. Because whenever anyone asked me what's it like to work with him, I'm like, he was on time. <laughs> But I did like a couple shoots with him. I was lucky enough to go to his, um, the house he grew up in with his mom in Compton a couple of times to shoot there because, you know, his vibe was very much about mm, Compton yes. and how he grew up and, you know, his life. So, um, that's cool. We went to, yeah, so we went to his house. It's, it's funny. Everyone, everyone's like, weren't you scared? And I was like, no. Really, it was still daytime. Still daytime, and, and you're, <laughs> but, uh, you're going to Kendrick were... Lamar's house. It's like you know, no one's going to. Yeah, <laughs> There's well, just respect, yeah, I would assume, was... in that community. Lamar. Yeah, but we did a couple of shoots. We did a shoot with him in the when he first started, just like a small shoot. It was him and School by Q because they were part of a group together. So we kind of did like a small shoot with them together, um, just to get some initial images on them, and that was super fun. Cool. <laughs> uh, and I also love working with school boy Q. They're just really, they're, they work hard and they want to get it done. I can't say that about everyone. The first album that I worked on, it was Invisible Creature in yes. Seattle. The next two albums. So there was an intern that was in A&R named Vlad and he's, a, he was a young kid and he was like going to art school at the time and he, Kendrick's manager was in for a meeting and met, met Vlad and when artwork time came around, the manager, Dave, he was like, Hey, I want to use Vlad. He used to intern there. And I didn't know who he was because I didn't, um, talk to an A&R intern. We weren't on the mm. same floor. Like, mm. you know, I was like, okay. it was, I knew there was going to be some red flags because he's, he was a student at the time. I'm like, well, he's in school. So it's going to, might be hard to get a hold of him if we need him sometimes. Things need come up urgently, mm. you know, but I also know that it's just sometimes better to have, Someone that the artist is comfortable yes. with or the manager is comfortable with because it saves you a lot of stress at the end yep. of the day. <laughs> um, he is a super talented designer and he's doing his, he's on his own now and he's super um, talented. So yeah, it was really fun to be able to do, you know, his shoots and uh, go with him to Compton. And I think we went to his mom's house. We went to his high school um, and the principal was super cool. Let us in the, in the building to do shoots, uh, shots in the gym and in the, uh, classrooms. And we just kind of walked around Compton and took some shots. He really wanted it to be kind of autobiographical. So everyone was always so great to work with there. They had a vision and, you know, I, I was just kind of there to help them execute well, that's, really. That's one of the, that's one of the questions so. that, that I did have. When you've got the vision and you've got every artist has their own style and a lot of them like you said the the management or whoever's in their team will have a vision for that artist do you need to really you i'm assuming that you as the creative director you really need to be able to tap into what that is understand it and be able to effectively derive what it is and and actually bring it to life you you have to take their vision and you have to make it fit and work for them at that time and it must be a very tricky line and is that the case? Is that is that sort of it in a nutshell? Yeah. I mean, I, you actually made it sound a little bit more complicated than it is. <laughs> Choosing the photographer, yeah, it, yes. It can be, like what you said, it can be tricky. There's a lot of cooks in the kitchen that need to be mm. appeased. But sometimes it 
can also be, I don't want to say a symbol, but, um, you know, somebody's like, well, who shot Taylor Swift? I want to use that person. It could be like okay. that. Yep. We might not be able to get Taylor Swift person, but we can get someone with the same kind of right. vibe or, right. or something, you know, but then there's also, You've got like, to pace. there's also downsides to that. You have to, yeah, you do. But there's also downsides to that because like, I would also try to be like, okay, you don't, you don't want to be Taylor Swift. Like you want to be your own yeah. person. So you got to find your own, own thing. So I always thought that the ones that the artists that were successful always kind of came with right. a vision, like more of a vision and knew who they wanted to be. Like the ones that are kind of like, I have no clue that those they're, were not, they're not, they're not as authentic. Just because right? it's like the, the, the people who they're not they, as authentic. They, they live and yeah. they breathe who they are and it makes it, it makes yeah. it work. Never truer words for any artist. Be yourself, be authentic, and know who you are. A fitting end to the first part in our fascinating discussion with Stephanie Sue. I am loving getting a different insight into the workings behind getting album art design and what it takes. Most people look at a photo shoot and don't even think about the effort it took to secure the right photographer, the right backdrops, the right location, and all of that. So make sure you tune in to episode two of our chat with Stephanie, and you'll hear about Aloe Black, Selena Gomez, Imagine Dragons, The Struts, and TV on the radio, and a whole lot more. Vibe. Machine.